Christmas. Welcome again for a super special episode of All Things Mysterious, our very own Christmas special. That's bah humbug. right. Bah humbug. <laughs> I just wanted to mess you up a little bit. Of course That's you did. That's my Christmas gift to you. Every episode you mess me up. <laughs> That's your personal gift, everybody, messing me up. Exactly. That's what they pay me for. We don't pay you. Nobody pays us. They do. I get tips to mess with you. Honestly, that wouldn't that really would not surprise me at all. There's a certain couple listeners that probably would pay you to mess with me. They really would. I know who you are. I'm watching you. Go on. Well, I was going to tell you. That please be safe when you're traveling this Christmas. But now I won't. Just kidding. I can't believe you say that to our viewers. Our viewers are awesome. Unless their name's Chester. Yeah, fuck Chester. <laughs> it took me like eight weeks to get her to finally say it. I've said it before. I know. But it took me like eight weeks to get you to say it the first time. It did. I finally just broke down. And now she agreed to the merch. It finally happened. I gotta finish that, by the way. Merch. A little late now, but it's fine. No, we're still gonna do it. We're still doing it? Okay. We're still doing it. Woo! Anyways, what are we at? What are we doing now? I don't know. You messed up my whole spiel. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't want to start over again because now it's going to be stupid. Take two. No. Fine. I was going to... Do you want me to start back from the beginning? I don't want to start back from the beginning. It's stupid now. Go ahead. No. I'll I'll cut all this. No, you won't. I know I won't. I know you won't. (laughs) This is all staying in there. I know it will. Anyway, we decided to give you guys an extra special little Christmas episode just for you because we're nice and stuff. And what more would you guys want besides spending another hour with me and Jordan? Always. So we gave you some extra special stuff. So I Hold have on. what? Asterisk. We don't know how long this episode is going to be, so I don't know if it's going to be an hour or not. <laughs> <laughs> Matt will probably drag it out for an hour. Probably. My episode isn't super duper long. He's got a little bit extra. So it's going to be like two episodes in one for you today. So I will make it last an hour. It'll be something like that. Or, I don't know. And then I'm going to stop it right at an hour. Whatever's left of it. Sorry. Done. You don't get the rest of the episode. It's an hour. We'll release that next next Christmas. <laughs> you just get to wait a whole year. Sorry. Well, Whatever's so, left at that point. I'm sorry. Jordan told me to pick a time and we picked an hour. Can't help us. She talks a lot. Actually, my episode won't be super duper long today, but I went back to my good old tried and true, true crime, and Matt has a super special episode for you today that he has picked out. So, 
So I'm going to start with my little episode today. What you got? I have a true crime episode for you in which five children have gone completely missing. Five. Only five? Only five. There were 10. 10 children? 10 children. A lot of kids. You know, at that point, that was too many kids. A lot of children. It literally gives me anxiety. Like, Keep track of that many kids. I got two kids in my house. And even if I wasn't single, then, uh, wait, I could handle probably more than three. Like, you cannot, and I'm, I'm gonna get on a little soapbox here, because you cannot give the attention kids need when you have that many kids. Well, let me get a little bit to the story, but to Sorry. be entirely fair, there were a couple of them that were grown. Well, I mean, but still. But still, that's a lot of kids. It really is. A lot of children. Many kids. Like, I don't want children, and I just, the box moment for me, but like, I don't want kids because I just know I am not capable of taking care of them like that mentally. Like, I just know, I just know I'm not mentally I, capable, even one. I don't even want to imagine a mini Jordan. No, you don't. Oh, like destroy the fabric of reality. Yeah. Would you believe that up until I was about 12 or 13, I was actually really quiet? I don't believe that at all. I, I really was. And then I just started talking one day and never shut up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of years to make up for. <laughs> as a little behind the scenes. At times, I literally have to hold my hand up. Just to signify that I need to say something. (laughs) Because, and we actually had to sit down and talk when we we first started the podcast. And I had to tell her, Jordan, this is a two-person podcast. You gotta, you have to let me talk. You got to pause between words and let me talk. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I was like, sorry, my bad. (laughs) So now she just looks at me every once in a while and I just hold my hand up to tell that I'm very talk. Like, okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Except for the times he just straight up interrupts me. Yeah. He just does that for funsy. Yeah. Whenever I'm actually saying something for the podcast, I, I try to be respectful and stuff. When I'm just messing with it, I just interrupt. <laughs> Accurate. We've gotten it worked out better now, though. Yeah. yeah, I just interrupt her until she finally starts listening. Sometimes I just ignore you. For you really funsies. do. She's literally, you could have two, we could both have, be having our own conversation. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a thought and I don't want to stop it or else the thought will be gone forever. Literally. <laughs> I have literally seen her talk over someone while they're talking, Jordan, my dog died, while Jordan is talking over and finishing her story. Trying to finish my thought or else the thought will be gone forever. <laughs> they're literally crying, my dog died, and Jordan's like finishing a story about... About how she bought soaps about, online or something. It's not soaps, it's candles. Well, whatever. Soaps, incense, candles, same thing. Waste of money. The candles I buy smell amazing. And they make the office smell awesome too, so shut your face. Some of them do. They smell amazing. Some of them I want to throw down the stairs. Not all of them. <laughs> they smell amazing. Just... 
Don't ask why some of them may have disappeared. I don't even know which ones don't. Oh, I do. Rude. <laughs> They're not there anymore. I probably wouldn't know which ones I'm missing because I have so many. You literally have so many that you never no. notice. Anyway, back to our Christmas special. So, Christmas Eve of 1945. The Sauter family was ready for bed. All nine children and both parents. Like I said, they did have one more child, making it ten. I was wondering about you say that. Well, you making lied. it ten, but the last one was grown and had moved out. So they had ten children, but the last one was grown and moved out. So okay, you saved it because I was literally <laughs> about to clear you out. I know. I was like ten children. The last one was grown and moved out. We just had a ten minute aside about ten children. So that night, they all went to bed expecting to wake up on Christmas morning. But that would not be the case. That night, everything went wrong, and five of the children would never be seen again by their parents. I'm going to say something that's kind of mean. <laughs> for the rest of the children, it's probably the best thing for them. I mean, it would really suck, though, to not ever see your siblings again. Like, I love my sister, and that would really break me. Oh, but come on. The Ten kids, children. Though. Like... And I am not knocking anybody who has that many kids. I mean, I kind of am, because can't take care of that many kids. You can't You can't be there. You can't spend time with 12 different kids or 10 different kids or, you know, in a day. That's like five minutes like for per kid. Well, and at that point, I'm pretty sure that the oldest child or the oldest couple of children become almost like the parents and the babysitters. And that, that's exactly what happens. And it's just... It's not being parents. I mean, you're basically just having kids to have kids. And I mean, I don't know. Sorry. I just, I get it. It is, it, like, it gives me anxiety anytime I see how, any, someone have, like, that many kids. I get it. Like, but I'm not saying, like, four or five, you know, I think five is probably the upper limits of them things. But, like, when you get these people that have, like, eight, nine, 10, 12, 15, Like, if you have to buy a school bus to transport your family around, that is a little too many kids. So many kids. But I don't know. That's just me. Anyway. And I just offended pretty much every... You probably did. But you know what? We'll just add it to the list. We'll just add it to the list of people we've offended. It's when we fine. Get our, when, our, when we get our studio set up, we're just going to have a list behind us of everyone that we offend. <laughs> I like that idea. People we have offended. All the police, state of Oklahoma, the state of Florida, <laughs> state of Texas, Chester's, Russia, uh, anyone who has more than eight kids. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just keep adding to it as we go. Anyway, that night, uh, 1230 a.m., just after midnight, the mother, her name is Jenny, woke up to a phone call, which was a little bit odd. Um, she said that she could hear a man's voice and glasses clinking in the background. But she thought it was just a drunk phone call and ended up hanging up on them after a little little bit because she couldn't actually understand anything they were saying. She just thought it was somebody basically a drunk dial, which apparently still happened in 1945. I mean, phones pretty much <laughs> just existed at that point. They did, but she didn't hear much... Didn't think much about it. Didn't actually hear any conversation. Just voices. 
on the other end and went back to bed. I think that was back when they actually had operators. Exactly. And so an operator would have had to have actually put the call through. The operator was probably just fucking with them. Something. It was <laughs> It was weird. That's but why I would never, I could never do that job. I would literally just start like sending random calls around. Oh God, people. it would have been weird. But now there's not, I couldn't gather an actual timeline on this, but she went back to bed and a while later woke up to a loud bang and thud from the roof. I don't know exactly how much that, how long that was, but theoretically an hour after that, she woke up and the house was completely engulfed in smoke and flames. So. My worst nightmare. Terrible. So George, who was the father, Jenny and four of their children, Sylvia, Marion, George Jr. and John were able to make it out alive. Marion, uh, she was a teenager got to a neighbor's house to call the fire department, <clears throat> but did not get a response from the fire department. So another neighbor of theirs went to go physically see if they could round up the fire department. So obviously the parents, George and Jenny, were panicking. They were doing anything they could to go see if they could get their kids out of the house because obviously they love their children. They're freaking out. They're like, our kids are still in that freaking house. It's burning down. Now, George had set a ladder on the side of the house the night before. I don't remember what for. He'd set a ladder up there. This was 1945. It was for something else. The ladder was gone. I don't know. That's just weird already. It is already weird. And it was just really odd because also none of their vehicles would start. 1947 or 1940, whatever year it is. 1945. Uh, so my little true yeah. crime brain's over here like, this is a little sketchy sketch. I don't like it. It is. It is. And I agree. Hey. I don't know. Why? But Nobody could get... The fire department to arrive until eight o'clock in the morning. I'm guessing this happened roughly around three or four o'clock, roughly. So it was several hours. Once the police and the fire department got inside, looked around, they said it was a case of faulty wiring, which is pretty much what everybody usually at the testing things too. But the bodies of the children were not recovered. Now, this is fun because the fire department was like, oh, the bodies must have just been completely burnt in the fire. But that's not how that works. Because even in cremation, you have to reach over like 2,000 degrees for a body to be completely burnt to ash. And even bones remain. I mean, it's 1945, though. Not like they have... Forensics, you know, forensics back then. No, but they did have cremation and stuff back then. Yeah. So they would have been able to see something. Out of five bodies left, they would have been able to find something more than out of five but, bodies. But I mean, you know, I, and there's a lot I don't know, like, about forensic science. Um, even if there was bone fragments, would they have a way to really tell that it's bone fragments? I would think that you would be able to find something after that. Like, even in a fire, 
you would you still overall would have a body because it does not reach temps hot enough to completely ash a body. It doesn't. It would scorch it, but the bodies would still remain. So, funny thing about that. Uh, <laughs> I only know this because I actually had to research it one time for a book. There, that scares me. There is certain. I don't even want to know what the FBI is watching on <laughs> no, your Google search history. There is actually certain things like, um, uh, essentially it's called the wick effect where it will essentially, it burns hotter than the area around you. Like your body will burn hotter. So theoretically if it happens the exact right way. Yeah. I mean, but my point is is saying that it, you know, that it's not possible that, I mean, we can't really say, we can't, you know, we can't say without a doubt that the kids didn't die enough. They have gone back and researched, like researched it, not uh, not researched it, researched <laughs> the chars and ashes and not found any. Because I mean, again, doesn't necessarily. Because. Might. And here, here's where my true mind, true crime mind goes. Is. How do we know the kids were even sleeping there that night? How do we know the parents just didn't murder them and start the house on fire? And that's still possible too. Still definitely possible and now. Honestly, some of the theories kind of, that makes the most sense because I've heard this story before and this gets kind of wild. <laughs> so carry on. Well, it just gets a little bit wild because the police declared them dead in the fire regardless even though they couldn't find the bodies, which don't get me wrong. I get it. It's 1945. It's going to happen. Now, supposedly that morning they were seen in a car, all five of the children. Granted, eyewitness testimony, not that great. Couldn't do anything about it. Can't prove anything. Can't do anything with it. That morning, there were supposedly a sighting of those kids at a hotel serving them breakfast after the fire. But again, it's 1945. It's not like they've got cameras everywhere. Not like you've got any proof of anything. So, again, poof gone. You've got no record of anything. Because by the time this person heard about this story, it was probably like four weeks later, and they've got the dates mixed up. Yep, didn't realize. Gone. And you've got nothing. Incredible. Correct. And in the 1960s, Jenny received a photo from supposedly one of the kids that was now grown, Lewis. And when that was looked into again, nothing. Although I have heard that um, that the photo that they got, they actually tried to do facial recognition. Which, granted, it was a photo from the 1940s. Exactly. It's really uh, difficult to do on a photo of but that sort. There was, you know, from what I understood, at least with some of the newer stuff, is there was a probability that it was the same person. Not a high probability, but... A decent probability. Yeah. But again, I think whoever was just kind of just messed up in the head and was messing with these people. We will never know what happened. For those children. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't know how it happened, but ultimately they died. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure those children are gone forever. We right. don't know if they were kidnapped that night. We don't know if they were murdered that night. We don't know if, for whatever strange, odd reason, they just got the heck out of there that night and just poof gone by. We don't know. And honestly, it's really sad that it happened on Christmas Eve slash Christmas. And I'm sure that it's really odd to me. Like, if their parents did it, like, let's pick, I don't know, half the siblings. Let's just pick half the children to just axe. I mean, from what I understand, it was the five youngest. No, it wasn't. There was a toddler left behind. Well, okay, so five youngest and they left the toddler for some reason. Yeah, it was fairly evened out in age, so it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh. I mean... Honestly, when you have 10 kids, you probably don't even know all their names. I mean, For a lot of kids. So I, have, kids. I have trouble <laughs> trouble saying my daughter's name. Brooklyn. Bailey. Whichever you are. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, but it's just, I could not even imagine trying to do that. And supposedly they mourned for their kids for a very long time. But I just can't imagine. Granted, we we are aware that there are plenty of people who have killed their own family members, killed their own children. But I just can't fathom doing that. And then leaving some of them still. Most people who kill their family kill the whole thing. They don't just kill one member or two members or half of it. The only thing that gives me pause in thinking that at least the dad's not involved Um uh, it's because, from what I understand, he seems to be, like, he basically, till the day he died, he was trying to search for these. Oh, they, they both did. From everything that I found, they were still trying to look for them. He, uh, yeah. I know there she, was still a billboard up. Yeah, but. In the area, still looking for the missing kids. He definitely seemed to be the more vocal one, though. Uh, like, because a lot of the interviews that they did, he was always the one doing the interviews. Which, of course, it was the 1940s, Right, women so, still didn't yeah. have much of a voice. Uh, but. To me, in a situation like that, like, you think the mom would be the front person of that, you know? I don't know. She might have just been super broken up about it. Because I can understand. Or she knows what happened to him. Or she knows. I don't know. But. Uh, two of the kids fell asleep on the couch that day, so they got out fast. It was Marion and Sylvia, I believe. Teenager and the youngest. But kids only a few bedrooms it, but either way it is still a little bit sketchy in my opinion yeah Good. there are some things that just still went weird like the fact that he swears that there was a ladder up just the day before and the ladder went missing and then neither of the vehicles start which could just all be complete coincidence but at the same time yes there my still favorite, could be something. My favorite theory is uh, the because you know that he was from in, in, what Italy. Mm-hmm. They were Italian, and it was people were mad at him because he spoke out about against uh, Mussolini. <laughs> so one of the theories I heard was that there was actually a door-to-door salesman who came and tried to sell him insurance or something. Yep. And when he saw that the sale wasn't going through, he. He literally started screaming at him about how 
you know, he can't talk crap on Mussolini basically, and that his children were going to burn and his house was going to burn down or his children were going to die and his house was going to burn. Weird theory. I mean, there's theories that the parents did. There's that theory. It's just, I mean, honestly, if, if that guy really said that, you know, especially before that all happened, that was kind of right on the money. It was right on the money. At least enough to warrant, you know, having a second look at. Uh, to my knowledge, that was not looked into. No. But I know that, you know, he, the Sauter family wasn't exactly looked look highly in the community. No. Uh, no they hence why it took the fire department, you know, like 12 hours to get there. Yeah, it took him forever. Uh, now, granted... I don't know. Just the whole thing is just really sketchy. But at the same time, it's just such a tragedy, though. I I get that it's a volunteer fire department, uh, but that's kind of part of their job. You know, what they volunteer for is to... Exactly. So, yeah, there's no reason it should have took them that long. And especially during Christmas time, you know that there's going to be extra candles lit. You know, there's going to be extra things plugged in, extra fire hazards. Which is why I think I, I don't necessarily know what happened to the kids, uh, but I definitely think there was. There has to be foul play. Well, and I don't necessarily know if there's foul play, but I think there was foul play in the sense that they kind of were the odds were stacked against them, and because you know, like the fire department wasn't really doing their job, uh, the police obviously weren't in into very well um, I mean the, that one story I heard about what was it the what, what the what the uh, sheriff end up doing like put in a cow heart or something in a box yeah they put a beef liver yeah they put a beef liver in the ground because they they said that um, they found, they the, found remains. the remains of one of the kids bodies and they said they found a heart in the ashes or something like that. And instead they put a beef liver yeah, and then buried and it. then buried it. And then later when they tested it, they found out that it was, and they found out that it was actually like a beef liver yeah. or something like that. It's like, seriously, seriously. I mean, like, are you kidding me right now? See, like, on one, one hand, I mean, it shows that the cops aren't really taking it seriously. Uh, but on the other hand, it really shows that the you know in a sick sick twisted way. I mean, the cop was kind of trying to help out by giving them some kind of closure. So twisted. I, this goes back to like our first story. Do your job. If you want to give them closure, do your job. Job, and I, I understand that you might not be able to find enough evidence of something, but try, freaking try. Don't Do something say. more than the zero you're doing right now, or at least faking the something you're doing right now, which is obviously not going to do anything for the poor family. Like, that's not doing a dang thing. Like, eh, this looks hard. Let's just not do it. Exactly. And like you said, the fire department was just like, it'll burn. <laughs> Who cares if there's children inside of it or potentially children inside of it? Like, yeah, they might have gotten out. I'll get there eventually. I mean, ultimately, I don't know what happened. Um, I I don't know either. They may have gotten out. Like, you know, maybe they did get out. Maybe all the sightings were true. Maybe they weren't. Even if they were kidnapped, though, I mean, at some point they would have reached out. Would think so. Uh, 
That's what I was thinking too. Like there would have been more sightings or more knowledge. Like they would have reached out back to their family and not necessarily just their parents, but a sibling or two. I mean, and I know that from like magazines and stuff that this was actually a pretty popular story. I mean, he paid- It's a very popular story. It's not the first time I've heard it. No, but he paid a lot of money to run the story and, you know, keep the billboard up. Yeah, it was still up for a really long time. Yeah. In fact, it, I don't think it's still up now, but it was up for a really long time. I think it's either, I think it went down in like the 90s or something, or maybe even later than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, I know even after the parents died. A couple the, of them are still alive, the younger sibling. Yeah. Well, at least last time I heard. And last time I heard the story was like five, six ago. In a minute. Um, but it is a good story and it definitely, again, this is like kind of the like bad part and the good part about true crime stuff like this is because there's so many possibilities. Good news is that they didn't lose everybody and that's really sad, but at least they did have some children that made it out alive, you know? And I know that sounds horrible, but they did. They still had some children that were fine. I have no idea. I have no idea how they felt about the children that remained alive. But at least they did have some children that made it out. Otherwise, honestly, I don't know if I would have helped with that. That would have been horrible. I mean, I can't imagine what they went through. Uh, Which also kind of, it's at the same time, makes me suspicious too. Yeah, I, mean, I feel the same way about it. No, it's just. I mean, granted, it was, you know, 70, 80 years ago, whatever. I don't know. Time is worth. Um, but, you know, it's been so long ago. So, like, things were different back then. But almost all the interviews that he's given, uh, you know, about this and everything, he always seemed almost robotic. Like, like it almost became habit out in sort uh, like no motion just kind of repeating it makes me wonder if that's just how he coped with it though I mean it could be but but it does kind of make you wonder there's too much stuff that just doesn't like the fact that the father was becoming the I mean granted this is in the 40s I mean this is a different time that was 45. back when you know fathers really didn't have much interaction with their that's true. I mean, the parent, like the mom raised the kid, the dad made the money. So, I mean, for him to t- kind of take the front of the, you know, when you would you would think, and inst- instinctually you would think, especially in that time period, it would be the mom taking the, you know, kind of the spearhead in it. Yes and no. I would also think that because women didn't have much of a voice, they would go to the father. But, I mean, it, it, let, let's just say if, you think that the these kids were kidnapped? Would you want the father, you know, talking to you over the airwaves, or would you want the mother, who would possibly get sympathy from the kidnappers? I think they still would go to the father regardless, because they didn't believe much in women back then. Oh, but I mean, you, you know, you could see like I think that they probably should have gone to the mother, but I think they but, probably would well, have gone to the father. I mean, it, but. You know, like I said, it's the it's a mother who was the nurturing, you know, raising the children. And I mean you could see other examples of this in you know, that time period 
where in kidnapping cases, the mom was always the one who was the spearhead. Fair. Uh, but we also know that the police were not making smart choices. Well, I mean, but I don't know. It just, it's odd uh, enough to make me think that there's something there. Uh, because like I said, it pretty much every interview I've read about this case was father given, not the mother. Maybe there's something there. There, there. I didn't think twice about it, but maybe there's something there. That's just how my mind thinks, you know, based on the time period. And, you know, I get in it, it you know, you know, how women were treated back then kind of, it makes sense technically that, you know, the father would become the, like the mouthpiece of the family. It does. But when you're talking about in, instances like this, it's usually the mother who is because, yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, the father basically just created him and just provides for him. He doesn't, you know, and I mean, obviously we know today that's not accurate and that's not correct at all, but you're right. That's a, I mean, that's the mentality. I mean, heck, that's still a mentality around some people today. True. Uh, so, I mean, it's not even really misogyny. It's just kind of just saying that men can't raise kids because of reasons doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm kind of against that whole stereotype because I'm raising my girls, but... Fine job, I might add. I mean, they're both alive. So that's half the battle. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I don't know. This story definitely always kind of intrigued me. Yeah, there's too many questions for me. I mean, I can't say that it's kidnapping. I can't say it was murder. There was just the ladder and the sounds on the roof and weird phone call and cars that wouldn't start and the fire department eventually wouldn't go. There were just so many things weirdly stacked against them at the same time, just made it sketchy just enough to where I was like, something's weird here. Yeah, it's... But, like, the whole ladder thing and the cars. I've heard that and, I, you know, I know in some of the interviews he's given... He's talked about that. You know, one thing that's never been talked about, what was actually wrong with the cars? Really good question. Like, and that's where my mind goes, because like, if they're using as an excuse that that's why he couldn't, you know, move the cars to get up. I think that's originally what he's going to do. He's going to move the car to get, you know, where he climb up on the car and mm -hmm. get in the window or something. Um, yeah. Cause that was, I think that was the original plan. He was, First, he tried the ladder, and then when he realized the ladder wasn't there, he was going to move the car and get into the windows. But why? I mean, why? Why didn't they follow up? I mean, what was wrong with the car? Like, to me, that's a, that's an important detail. No, that would be an important detail, and I actually didn't think about looking that up either. I'd be a great detective. I've actually, yeah. <laughs> I've actually looked it up before. There's not any mention about what happened to the car, like. And to me, that's one of the most important details because, like, was it tampered with? Was it just out of gas? I mean, it would matter, like, if it was tampered with. Or did they even check? Or, you know, was the truck actually running perfectly fine and he just didn't even attempt it? I mean, like, and that's the other thing is, you know, in many cases, you know, like this, 
that end up becoming popular true crime stories, it's it's always because there's a you know the police don't do their job, essentially. A lot. Um, I'd say probably 99% of the time, honestly, if we're being honest with each other here. It's a lot of it. Uh, it is. That's a. In fact, I can't even really think of one true crime story where it's not because of police incompetence that it's not solved. And now I just defended every police officer. <laughs> but, Way to go. Okay, not every police. Just a police officer that has investigated. Um, but, I mean... And that's where my mind goes. But there's these little things that just don't add up to me. And both sides. I mean, that... I can't say that there was a kidnapping, but I can't also say that there wasn't a murder. Um... And which one happened or what happened or were the kids even there or did these kids even exist we do know they existed we oh do we or do we have photos of five random kids so that we knew that they i existed. just got a theory what if the solder family had made up the made up the kids and they only actually had five but they said can get some kind of benefits or something sanity but then they were their lie was catching up to them, so they had to make the kids disappear. That's a lot, but I think I don't. That's too much. I think that's way too. Much. Yeah, it makes more sense than most of the theories out there about this case. So, and it probably just has has just as many facts as those ones do. That's true. There's not a lot of fact in this case. It's something. I mean, I mean, honestly, we can't even say for sure that these kids actually can we? Fairly certain we can. Do we have birth certificates? Pretty sure they had birth certificates. Oh, did you see them? I did not, but I don't need to see <laughs> all of their birth certificates to know that the people existed altogether. And it could be just a, it could be a fabricated story that just came reality. I haven't looked at everything else so <laughs> i don't so know <laughs> when i de- deconstruct a theory i really deconstruct it. oh you're insane <laughs> i totally deconstruct the whole crime <laughs> uh but no i really like this story i just thought it was a good one for our christmas special it happened on christmas and it was true crime or was it i dun, think it was dun, true dun. crime <laughs> I think it was. Okay. Now time to get into the good story. The one that they've all been waiting for. Yes, I'm sure that they've been waiting with bated breath. No, they have been. About to make some noise. Pat forgot to move stuff. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I got 14% powder left. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to read fast. It doesn't go well for you. Jordan. Yes, Matt. Have you heard of, ever heard of a creature called Krampus? I sure have. I'm glad you haven't heard about it. Let me tell you about it. Great. Would love to learn about this creature I've never heard of before in my life. It never gets old. Krampus, a horned antho... Formal, formorphic 
actually got that right. Uh, character. <laughs> I like how you paused. You're like, wait, did I? I, I did. <laughs> Uh, character rooted in the folklore of Central and Eastern Alpine Europe is known for frightening, misbehaving children during the Advent season. Now, I know that there's some uh, people who mistake Krampus for you know actual Santa Claus, uh, but actually, Krampus would collaborate with Saint Nicholas, aka the Santa Claus. Claus. A.K.A. Tim Allen. Good Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, they would visit children on the night of December 5th. The parallel, that's when it was celebrated in Europe for some reason. All right, whatever works. Um, St. Nicholas rewards well-behaved children with gifts like oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate. Which, by the way, is not a very good Christmas present. Uh, while Krampus administers punishment, typically with birch rods to those who behave poorly. <laughs> and I love this just because how stupid that sounds. Sounds like something. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, what even? As you <laughs> yawned, I had to yawn. Quit that. Um. So the exact origin of Krampus is uncertain, and some scholars suggest it may have pre-Christian roots in traditional festivities like Krampusloth, or aka Krampus Run, and parades. Young men dressed as Krampus aim to scare the audience with their playful antics. That sounds weirdly terrifying. It actually sounds weirdly fun, too. You, of course, you would fun. Are you kidding me? Dressing up like a Krampus and trying to scare the audience? Oh, it really does. Uh, such events are an annual occurrence in many Alpine towns. And Krampus is also featured on holiday greeting cards known as Krampuskarten. <laughs> By the way, uh, FYI, I hate this story because of <laughs> all the like German sounded names in here. This is exactly like, yeah, love pass for me. It's beautiful. It, really it gets worse. Trust I me. I love it. Um, Krampus has made his way into American popular culture, appearing in various forms of movies, TVs, shows, and games. The term Krampus is believed to have its origins in either the Bavarian word Kramp, Krampnen, signifying dead or rotten, or the German words Kramp or Krampen, which mean claw. In various legends, Krampus is described as a creature that is half goat and half demon. Its primary role is to either punish mis misbehaving children or instill fear in them to encourage good behavior. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what a lot of these legends are for. Yeah, that's it's really what it sounds like. Uh, the historical roots of the Krampus figure are speculated to extend back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions with documented celebrations involving Krampus dating as far back as the 6th or 7th century AD. However, there are no written sources until the end of the 16th. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, obviously, 
obviously pre-Christian means basically pagan. Let's just That's what I was thinking. It's <laughs> probably it sounds pagan, let's be honest. It sounds pagan. That, Not a bad thing, it just sounds pagan. But like a lot of the articles that I read about the Krampus is that's how they would describe it as pre-Christian. <laughs> yeah. It's just pagan. That's okay. It's not a bad thing. Just no. say it. I mean, Christmas in general is a pagan holiday anyway, it is. so... Uh, it is. Just... Okay. You can say it. Uh, in 1975, while in the small town of Erdnan in Syria, uh, anthropologist John J. Honigan made observation... That's actually how you say his name. Oh, I believe it. I'm just watching your face as you read it. And you're just like, uh, okay. Yeah. Made observations about the St. Nicholas Festival. He noted that the festival incorporated cultural elements found throughout Europe, some of which trace back to pre-Christian times, a.k.a. pagan. Uh, the popularity of St. Nicholas in Germany began around the 11th century, and the patronage of children during winter festivities was one of several occasions. With others including <laughs> Martinimus, the fest, the feast of the Holy Innocents, and New Year's Day. The tradition of masked devils causing a ruckus dates back to at least the 16th century in Germany, with animal masked devils engaging in a blend of dreadful and comic antics. antics, antics. <laughs> My mind is broken. <laughs> Appearing in medieval church plays. <laughs> I'm sorry. European folklorists have extensively explored these themes, and in the community studied by Hanagim, Austrians were cautious of the fusion of heathen elements with Christian custom, believing that Krampus originated from a pagan supernatural being simulated into the Christian devil. And Jordan right. is over there texting. Uh, despite the blend of influences, the Krampus figures endured, and by the 17th century, Krampus had become integrated in Christian winter celebrations, often paired with St. Nick. Uh, following the 1932 election in Austria, the Dulfus regime, led by the clerical fascist Fatherland Front, I am not even going to try to say his name, uh, and Christian Social Party banned the Krampus tradition. Aww. I know. Boring. Yeah. Uh, in the 1950s, the government took measures to discourage encounters with Krampus by distributing pamphlets titled, Krampus is an Evil Man, <laughs> expressing concerns about potential harm to children's mental health Toward the end of the century, there has a notable resurgence in the popularity of Krampus celebrations, a trend that persists to present day. Um, the Krampus tradition is experiencing a revival in Bavaria, accompanied by a local artistic tradition of crafting hand-carved wooden masks. In, two, in 2019, there were reports of mass Krampuses engaging in drunken or disorderly conduct in some Australian towns. I mean, that sounds about right, but... I mean, it's Austria. Sounds fun. I'm sure there's not a whole lot to do in Austria. Um, while Krampus is depicted in various forms, most iterations share certain physical traits. 
Typically, he is hairy with a coat ranging from black to brown and features the cloven hoofs and horns character characteristic of a goat. His long pointed tongue hangs out and he's often portrayed with fangs. Yep, that's, a, that's what I've heard. Uh, Krampus is commonly depicted carrying chains believed to symbolize the Christian church's binding of the devil and he vigorously thrashes those chains for dramatic effect. <laughs> All I can see is Krampus twirling. Have you ever seen that TikTok video of that guy who does the whip and with songs and stuff? <laughs> that's exactly I what love I'm, that dude! That's what I'm picturing in my head right He's now. He's so entertaining though! So, Krampus whipping the chains and singing to popular <laughs> songs. Yes. That guy, though, he's awesome. Oh, he really is. Um, the chains are sometimes adorned with bells of varying sizes. Another element with more pagan origin is the root. Root. Not root. Root. I'll let you uh, have fun. <laughs> have, have fun. A bundle of birch branches that Krampus wields to occasionally swat those children. Bam. That's hurt, actually. I'm sure it probably would. No, uh, thanks. The root may have significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. In some representations, the birch branches are replaced with the whip. Which, honestly, I don't know which is worse. I'm not sure either. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like... Uh, doesn't sound nice either way. No thanks. Krampus is sometimes portrayed with the God, he can't even say. It's just the way it's worded. Krampus is sometimes portrayed with a sack. <laughs> or basket strapped to his back. You wrote this. I know. I don't know if it's You his... wrote this. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm so tired. Or if it's just the way that that sounds right now, that my mind Probably. is so always in the gutter. And that it just sounds so funny. Portrayed with the sack. <laughs> yes, you wrote this. Oh, uh, I am such a child. Yes, uh, yes, you are. Uh, basket strapped to his back. A device intended for carrying away wicked children, destined for drowning, consumption, or transportation to hell. Oh, that sounds pleasant. And we literally just got a little bit... We went full out on this one. Yeah, we went full dark. Uh, we went from like, we're going to punish you to like, nope, we're going <laughs> to drown you and take you to hell. All right, then. <laughs> Okie dokie. So what, it, what I'm gathering is... Krampus would put the kids inside of his sack. <laughs> what it sounds like, yes, Matt. I think Matt's lost his brain. Oh my god, I'm He's so officially tired. just lost it. Alright. Uh, some older versions even suggest that misbehaving children are placed in the bag and taken away. This characteristic is reminiscent of other companions of St. Nicholas, such as Wotai Piot. He actually said that fairly well. I'm really impressed. I have no idea if that's even close to what Oh, you so said whatever it was convincingly, so props to you. That's 90% of it is just act like you know what you're doing. Good job. I don't, I don't know if it was a TikTok or something, but it was like, you don't have to be, you don't have to tell the truth. You just have to make people believe that it's the truth. Best advice. 
<laughs> pronounce things convincingly yeah. enough. Uh, the Feast of St. Nicholas is observed in various parts of Europe on October 6th. On the evening preceding October 5th, known as Krampus Night or Rompershamt, the medicine hairy devil takes to the streets. Sometimes accompanying... accompanying take a sack. <laughs> oh, and now you're... And I'm the child over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, what are you laughing at? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't even know. His um, sack or the cramping sack? All of it. Cramp you in sack. Can't even. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. We <clears throat> for a little behind the scenes, we've been recording for like three hours at this point. <laughs> We're getting a little loopy, it's fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Krampus makes visits to homes and businesses. Uh, St. Nicholas typically dons the Eastern Rite vestments of a bishop and carries a golden cer- ceremonial staff. In contrast to the North American portrayal of St. Portrayal. Portray- <laughs> it's always those fucking words. Portrayal? There you go. Of Santa Claus during these fe- festivities. <laughs> St. Nicholas concerns himself solely with rewarding good children, leaving the task of dealing with the naughty ones to Krampus. While Nicholas bestows gifts, Krampus delivers coals and the root. The rute. rute. That's fair. So St. Nick's over here like, good children. And Krampus is like, bad children. Exactly. It's almost like a uh, good parent, bad parent. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, okay, a seasonal performance that gained popularity across the Alpine region was known as Nicolosopil, aka Nicholas Play, influenced by Paradise Plays and their focus on the encounter between Adam and Eve and a tempter. The Nicholas Plays resolved around a competition for human souls exploring moral questions. In these plays, St. Nicholas rewarded children for their academic endeavors rather than solely for their behavior, a theme that flourished in Alpine regions strongly influenced by the Roman Catholic Church, a.k.a. they used this thing to try to get kids to do what they wanted them to do. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, Which, to be fair, is not much different than we do now, Um, but it's still... reason and then like that's one thing I've noticed about like mythology and stuff like that why is there always multiple people they all have their own specific duty that's why I know but like like say for instance you know St. Nicholas and Krampus are essentially Santa Claus just you know split into two yeah yeah Uh, so why do they always end up doing I mean like, it, it's almost like... Because they want Nick, St. Nick to be, like, the good guy. Yeah. And they want Krampus to be the bad guy. But, I mean, there's no such thing as, you know, purely good and purely evil. I don't know. They want... 
I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell Anyways, you that. I have no idea. That's a discussion for another time. Um, in the Alpine regions, existing pagan traditions seamlessly merge with Catholicism. Catholicism? Catholicism. There you go. I don't know why I said that word. Um, participants would don disguises resembling a devilish entity called a Pershit, a two-legged humanoid goat with an elongated giraffe-like neck adorned in animal furs. This practice involved people dressing in costumes and participating in processions known as whatever. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> you guys should see his face. Considered an early manifestation <laughs> of the Krampus runs. It was a freaking parade. Let's just call it that. You don't have to have a name for everything. Parade. The parade. Perchenlofen. There we go. Oh, that's kind of actually accurate. Perchenlofen, considered an early manifestation of the Krampus runs. Uh, oh, I already said that. Damn it. <laughs> Perchenlofen raised suspicions from the Catholic Church and faced bans by certain authorities. However, due to the sparsely populated and rugged trains of the Alpine region, these bans were ineffectual and challenging to enforce, rendering them practically useless. Like all government. Sorry. Uh, over time, the Perchertool, Perchenloff. Oh, I could say it once, but anyways. Perchenloven? No, that's, it's different. Oh, a different word? Oh. Yeah, this is Perchenloof. Loff. German words are hard. Um, influenced by the Nicholas plays, incorporated St. Nicholas and his moral values. The Perch evolved into what is now recognized as Krampus, brought under the authority of St. Nicholas. So apparently St. Nicholas is not the bad guy, but he employs the bad guy. Oh, I like it. Uh, it is customary to offer Krampus schnapps. Schnapps. You know what? <laughs> I like it. Krampus is my dude now. Yeah, I like it. That sounds great. A potent distilled fruit brandy during these runs. These events may also feature Perchen, or wild pagan spirits from Germanic folklore, sometimes represented as female, although properly associated with the period between winter solstice and January 6th. I don't know, I just, I, I got hung up on wild pagan spirits. That's fair, I was just over here like, they offer him? Well, that too. But when I hear wild pig, I think of like nymphs and um, mm -hmm. water nymphs and fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? Hmm. Anyways, uh, since the 19th century, Europeans have exchanged greeting cards that prominently featured Krampus, often accompanied by a featuring. Fuck this. It's not even a fucking the letter. The defeat on his face. Like, I literally just copied this part, the actual quote, because... Because uh, you can't... Yeah, I understand. I've done that. But it's not a fucking letter. In the English alphabet. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna go with no. Grub vom Krampus. That's better than I would have tried. 
I mean, it looks like a bee, but I know that's not a bee because that's a weird looking bee. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, or greetings from Krampus. Accurate. Uh, these cards typically include humorous rhymes and poems. Krampus is commonly depicted ominously looming over children and is portrayed with one human foot and one cloven hoof. Okay. No, so he's got a, one of each. That's I, great. I just read ahead, so that's why I'm laughing. I forgot what part we're on. Have you? He's delirious. I really am. Honestly, by the time I got finished writing this last night, I was extremely tired. Uh, and I'm extremely tired now, so. I don't even know what day it is. Friday. Some cards even carry sexual undertones. Illustrating Krampus in pursuit of buxom women. Why? Isn't this supposed to do with children? What the shit? They bring the whole new meaning to the word sex. Oh my god, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, man. The representation of Krampus on these cards has evolved over time. Earlier versions tended to depict, to depict a more frightening Krampus, whereas contemporary renditions portray a cuter, more Cupid-like creature. Krampus has also been featured on postcards and candy containers. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Krampus is a prominent figure in the folklore of several U European re re regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Northern Italy, Slovakia. Just like to pause here and say that I'm so sorry for all of our listeners in all of these areas that Matthew has completely butchered because I am so sorry I because so I know we have listeners yeah. around these areas I and am, I know it's bad. I am so sorry for mispronouncing your stupid st names. Get some freaking easier names to say. It's probably easier for them. It probably is. They can pronounce it easily. Um, they probably can't pronounce our stuff easily, but Slovenia was the last one. Slovenia. Slovakia and Slovenia. Anyway, I'm sorry, because Matthew has butchered it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at this point we're just going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. We got to. Uh, Insteria, which at first I kept saying Syria, but Insteria, which is a totally different location. Krampus uh, presents the root painted gold twigs to families which are then displayed year-round in houses as a reminder reminder to forgetful children. In certain smaller, more remote villages, Krampus is accompanied, accompanied by other beastly figures like the antl antlered, wild man, or the companions known as Schlammanner or Ruhan, with St. Nicholas notably absent. I've never heard of any of those things. Me neither. And honestly, because I did not want to spend the time saying those names ever again. I don't blame you. Uh, they will not be discussed any further. <laughs> oh, God. This is definitely one of those stories where I had to 
pick and choose what I included because understandably I, I, so I will say I have German you know my my family's Germany that's where they come from uh, of but, German descent yeah German that's what I was trying to say and I'm tired I'm helping nice. you out thank you you're welcome uh, these freaking words are so <laughs> hard to say understand that is all um a milder version of krampus is featured in the christmas markets of austrian urban centers like schlossberg where more more tourist friendly interpretation or interpret emphasize human overfright um the celebration of krampus in north america thank god we're in north america now is becoming increasingly popular with various Krampus theme events and festivities. Similar. S- <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're never recording three episodes in a night again. Oh, but we will. Oh, We're just going to let you get sleep first. Yes. Uh, and you wonder why I stick to. Uh, Yeah, I understand. However, this is exactly what it was like when I was trying to do Diablov Pass because I struggled so hard. And I didn't struggle this much, though, because you have a lot harder of words to say. But I understand. I understand the struggle. I am not even going to read this next paragraph. Um, Let's just say there's a lot of... Basically goes into... um, Talk about the similar figures in different areas. Um, not even going to attempt that um, there's a lot of weird names and a lot of different names for Krampus is all you need to know <laughs> basically every country has their own name for Krampus is what I'm getting at uh, uh, so in parts of Bosnia and other places like Croatia and some other places I'm not even going to try to name uh, Krampus is described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrist. As part of the tradition, when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, a golden branch symbolizing good deeds is given. Conversely, if the child misbehaves, Krampus takes the gifts, leaving only a silver branch to represent the child's misconduct. How dare you? Here's a branch. Bad. Mm. So if you're good, you get a golden branch, but if you're bad, you get a silver branch. And see, I'm weird because I actually, if I had to choose between silver and gold. I like silver better yeah, too. Me too. <laughs> That's what I, was I don't saying. like gold as much. I know it's supposed to be better, but I think it's prettier. I know. I, I would much rather have silver than gold. Um, Samesies. Uh, so each year disputes arise during Krampus runs with occasional instances of spectators retaliating against Krampuses for their whip-laden antics. In 2013, following several Krampus runs in East Tyrol, a significant incident unfolded resulting in a total of eight individuals, primarily with broken bones, being admitted to the Lyons District Hospital. Additionally, more than 60 other patients received outpatient treatment. That is a festival I want to go to. Seems interesting for sure. So, honestly, there was a lot more to Krampus than I realized. Um, ah, that goes deep. It really does because I, re- I remember watching like TV shows and stuff about Krampus. 
I had never, you know, I knew that Krampus was like a pagan. Uh, I knew it was kind of not really similar, but like an antagonist to, you know, Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never realized how like deep it is. And it goes very deep, apparently. People feel very, uh, a special way about Krampus. So now if you want to know what to give me for Christmas, you can give me some schnapps. We gonna be br- <laughs> we gonna be very broke this Christmas. Um uh, so yeah, that's all I got. Um find us about five minutes of me trying to butcher that paragraph of That non- was beautiful. I don't even know what I was thinking when I wrote that part. Like, I wanted to... You had so much confidence in yourself thinking you could. I'm just proud of you because you thought you could. And honestly, like like I said, I probably could because I read this earlier today when I was wide awake. Yep. No problem whatsoever. But then we both got tired. Yeah. To be fair, I have been up since 3 a.m. at this point. Yep. And it's almost 10 p.m., so... I think I get We're a little bit We're doing good. Of We're doing fine. We got this. So, with that being said... We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And I think I just want to leave it like that. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. From all things.